The blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast from Our Past podcast. We're the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. And I'm Adam. And today we have another album review for you. Uh, Today we are going back to the 90s, to the mid-90s, to the era of alternative rock. In my opinion, alternative rock's heyday was in the 90s. Absolutely. Um, Like these late 90s ones, and and, God, they're... It's, it, it just takes me back to a time that I just, I adored music. Not to say I don't like music now, that's silly. Mm-hmm. But, like, this was a time in in my life and my childhood that I would just turn on albums and just sit there just to listen to them. And yeah. that doesn't, that, that, I don't do that really right now. Yeah, and it, I, I think it's just not in our culture to do that anymore mm-hmm. like it was. Because, you, did, you know, you didn't have, you don't have to now. Um, everything is in bits and stuff like that. And it actually, in some ways, this kind of brings up a point. Sorry, this is kind of going off topic a little bit. Um, like we live in a singles culture Mm -hmm. right now, as far as music goes, you know, it's the one song. Nobody looks at albums anymore. Very, you know, you don't see a lot of albums getting released a lot anymore. Anyway, you know, people will just, you know, when they've written a song, if they like it, they think it's going to be a hit, they'll just release it on its own. Mm-hmm. And that was actually very much of the mentality of the early uh, music industry in the 50s and 60s. You saw that a lot, mm. um, especially in the 50s. You know, early early rock stars would just put out a record with, as a single. Mm-hmm. That was it. They didn't they didn't do albums. It wasn't until later when, um, and that's not to say they weren't doing albums. But a lot of like your big kind of fifties pop stars and rock stars are kind of both the same at that point. Um, you know, we're just putting out singles and stuff, not full albums. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, actually for some reason I don't know why he comes to mind, but like Richie Valens. Okay. You know, when when he put in some of his stuff, it just came out as a single. You know, with a, with a B side. Um, and it wasn't until a little bit later when uh, record companies were like, "Oh, you know what? We're gonna stop doing putting out singles." And make you buy the whole album, which cost more, which means they're going to get more money. Mm-hmm. So then you're just going to have to, you know, suffer through the other content <laughs> to get to the one song you want. Yep. So and then that all came tumbling down in the 2000s yeah. uh, with uh, the internet and Napster and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Just that whole yeah. And I, so I, now we've kind iTunes of reverted back to that. as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can just buy each one individually. And so now we're kind of back to where that was, where it's it's all about the single. And now bands, much like they did in the 50s, are making their money through touring, which mm-hmm. is not helping them in the age of COVID. No, no. I'm still ticked off because I had tickets to see uh, Alanis Morissette, speaking of 90s rock, mm-hmm. um, and Sting. Oh, wow. That's a cool – I like that. That's an interesting mix-up. Well, like, it wasn't – they weren't together. Oh, okay. Then um, that's less cool. They were separate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they were separate. I had, yeah, I had tickets to see Sting, and then I had tickets to see Alanis. It was Alanis Morissette. Uh, who else was in that group? Uh, there were two other people in that one that were really good that I liked. So that's why I was excited to see. Them. I'll, have to, I'll think about it later. Mm-hmm. I think I've mentioned it before. Probably if you if you find an episode from like a year ago, I probably bitched about it then. Okay. Anyway, let's talk the '90s. Alternative rock. We're listening to 
Throwing Copper by the band Live. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I it, I always thought it was weird that nobody had ever come up with the name Live for a band before yeah. until then. <laughs> Adam, do you remember Live at all, like on the radio or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely remember this album. Um, I remember, yeah, I, it was one of their later hits that also was pretty big. Um, oh, man. I mean, I, I do I do remember this band. Like, they, this this alt-rock uh, genre was something I listened to quite a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, 99X uh, was our radio station that I listened to quite a bit in Atlanta. Um, but I do remember live. I, I actually, yeah, I don't remember them being, like, a big music video presence for me. But I do just remember them being, like, a radio presence. Yeah, they're much so. I think they had one video that was kind of popular, and that was about it. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll mention it when we get to that song. Okay. But overall, yeah, it was much more of a radio presence than I think a video presence. Okay. Uh, All right. So the album was released on April 26th of 1994 and uh, was recorded at Pachyderm Studio in Minnesota. I believe the band was from Minnesota. I I remember hearing that most of the members of this band actually went to high school together. Okay. I have it written down that they were from York, Pennsylvania. Okay, that also sounds about right. Okay. <laughs> or some other town. Whatever. Some other, yeah, some town and somewhere. Um, but I do remember seeing a special on them years ago, probably in the 90s, that they were, they all had gone to high school together and that they all, like, to get themselves better, they, like, they all took choir and band and stuff like mm. that, like, to try and make them a better band. Huh. That's, that's very um, intelligent of for, them to do. Forward thinking. Yeah. Very much so. Uh, put put out by the Radioactive label, and it was produced by the band and by Jerry Harrison, who was the keyboard player for the Talking Heads. Oh, okay, very cool. I like the Talking Heads. Nice. Yep. That's interesting that because a very different sound Talking Heads yeah. from from this. Well, I mean, if you're if you're producing, you're going for mm-hmm. the band's sound. It's not about your sound. It's about the band's sound. Uh-huh. Uh All right. So the personnel. Uh, on the album is just the band, which I thought was weird because I remember hearing some instruments where I'm like, "That's gotta, there's got to be extra people in here, yeah. but I guess not. Okay. Either that or they didn't get credited, which okay. I guess is possible. Uh, and I'm going to, God, I'm going to butcher a couple of these names. Uh, lead singer and rhythm guitar is Ed Kowalczyk. I don't know if that's about right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chad Taylor playing lead guitar. Uh, Patrick Dahlheimer on bass and Chad Gracie on drums. And most of them did backing vocals, except for the bass player, apparently. Uh, and then Ed did lead. I remember the, f- I do remember, uh, thinking it was funny that the lead, the lead singer's name was Ed cause that's our father's name. And yeah. I just kind of associated it that way. <laughs> Plus if I remember correctly. He's kind of bald. Yes, I do. I do remember that. And he had big bushy eyebrows. I also remember that. <laughs> uh, do you, Adam, anything you want to add before we jump in? I do. Got a couple things. Um, so the first thing being that uh, this album was eight times platinum, certified eight times platinum, so it was a very popular album. Uh, it hit number one on the Billboard 200 album charts. Uh, it was actually number eight for the year-end chart and number 60 for the decade-end chart. So this was a oh, wow. big album for yeah. the 90s. Um, and yeah, as you put it, you know, I definitely remember we had it when we were younger. It was one mm-hmm. that I remember, you know, in, in the room that we shared, we had a stu- we had a sweet st- uh, stereo that was like a single CD player that we kind of pop the top and put it in. That's what I kind of remember. Mm-hmm. 
yeah um that we had in our bedroom and this was kind of the one one of the albums that you know i'd put on every now and then and would just kind of sit and listen to it um so i definitely uh it was one even that i remember being one that i could listen all the way through and i didn't mm-hmm. skip it very much um but i did need to check out why the hell is this album called throwing copper <laughs> there's no <laughs> song called throwing copper so here's here's apparently the explanation that i've found Okay. Which says, all right, the band were ha- they were having trouble pl- naming the record, and they had to name it on like this one day, or else it wouldn't have been able to to go out on the time you know that it was supposed to. Uh, there was apparently a sports good sporting goods store next door to where they were, so Ed and Patrick bought some BB guns. They were firing them in the back, and then came inside uh, when I guess you know probably like the studio or whatever where they asked where they'd been. They threw up their arms. Um, and declared, oh, we was throwing copper. <laughs> and so Chad Gracie said that that should be the name for the record. And that was it. So I guess they needed okay. to get some frustrations out, and they bought some BB guns and shot them in the air. And they said, nah, we were just throwing copper. Uh, <laughs> and that was it. Interesting. All right. Kind of anticlimactic. But yeah, it wasn't that good of a story. <laughs> but is well, it? Well, that's, that's on them, not you. Yeah. Is it that good of an album, John? We'll have to find out. All right. Well, let's jump, uh, start us off with the first song on the album called The Dam at Otter Creek. Couple things. One, I can pick, and I'm just gonna say his first name from now on. I can pick Ed's voice out of anything. It is because he has a very yeah. distinctive. It is. It's unique. It's different. Um, in this song, I feel like they even add some distortion to it at times. They do, which is kind of rare. But like, even when they don't add the distortion, it does. It sounds like it almost has it already. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it does. So yeah. Uh, two, I did not like this as an opening song. I, I completely on the other side. I said I oh, really wow. like this as an opening song. Oh, I didn't like it at all. I, first of all, I didn't really care for the song to begin with, oh. um, and it didn't really do much for me. And two, I did not like the slow burn. I, I see. I love this buildup, like the slow, the slow buildup that you get into it, and then you do get you know that hard kind of post grunge alternative rock um, style that I'm so, such a big fan of. But yeah, I mean, he gets angry. He's good at the. He's good at getting angry when he's singing and stuff like that. <laughs> he does, he projects. The man projects, yeah. that's for sure. And I, I just, I don't know. I found myself moving to, like, when they get real intense and, like, the cymbals are crashing like crazy. Like, I found mm-hmm. myself just, like, moving my head. Like, kind of, you know, kind of, <laughs> I, I don't know how to, not not quite seizuring myself, but, like, kind of like that. Um, and then after, like, the whole cacophony happens, it just kind of settles. And the song just kind of, like, fades, fades away. Yeah. And I thought it worked really well. I mean, just I thought that slow that slow build was a fun way to get me because because you're gonna get a lot of hard rock sounds in this album, and I think I think that you know that slow burn as you put it is one that okay, it's gonna it almost eases me into what I'm gonna hear. I really like this song. I really really do. Okay, well <laughs> we're gonna have to agree to disagree on this one. All right, for sure. Okay, because I yeah I've never actually been a fan of this song, and I think. 
I think I often skipped it um, when I was because I remember having the CD mm-hmm. and I remember definitely skipping this first song like a lot. Wow, so different, yet so I similar, guess. John. We are brothers, but so <laughs> we're just two different guys. Uh, all right, well, uh, let's move on. There's quite a few tracks in this one. Yeah, and let's go to the next song, which I definitely remembered hearing on the radio, uh, called "Selling the Drama." I think this is a great song. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the energy for it. I think Ed's voice fits really well with what the band is doing behind him. Um, I know it was, it's one of their singles. I don't know. Was it their first single? Um, I, oh shit. Sorry. I think it was. Yeah. I think it was their first single. I, I know it hit number 43 on uh, the billboard hot 100. So, I mean, that's not okay. terrible. No, not at all. Um, and it's not, I don't think it's the one that became their their most well-known hit mm. off of this album. Certainly not. But uh, it's it, it's kind of become one of my favorites. Okay. I don't know if I'd say it was my exact favorite, but it's one of my favorites. Yeah, I mean, it is a good one. Um, I mean, and when I first started hearing it, I was just like, oh, yeah, this one. You know? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, this one. It's a really good one. To me, it's a much simpler song than, than Damn It, Otter Creek. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's a little bit less angry, but it's still kind of angry. Um, but... <laughs> You're here for the anger, are you? Uh, dude, that, this is this is that this is part of that time where I'm loving like the angry. Now, this is I'm not into like the um intense intense like more like Opeth or uh um Lamb of God or any of the Kill Switch Engage like the uh-huh. real intense heavy stuff. Like I that was a little bit later for me actually, but this is like angsty angry, you know? Uh-huh. And I, and I feel like I, I feel like they they got me. They just understood me like, you know? <laughs> but I, and and this is one I it took me a while I didn't really realize obviously when I first heard the song I was pretty damn young, um, whereas it's, it's like the line the line so and and we won't be raped we won't be scarred like that and we yeah. won't be raped um, and I'm just like it didn't it didn't because that that word rape is a very caustic word it is yeah. one that just sticks out because the imagery that comes along with it is in, is intense difficult you to know deal what? with. This yeah. band does that mm-hmm. very well. Um, I don't. Uh, Ed with his lyrics, like he kind of goes for the jugular a mm-hmm. lot. I'd agree. With I that. noticed that in this album, and even in 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 other there uh, in other albums, uh, I've noticed on some songs where he holds nothing back yeah. in his lyrics. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, so yeah. It, all of that just kind of made me feel like there's definitely some like there's some deeper meaning in this song. You know, you can't you can't just really throw out words like that without having something something in there. Um, and I, and I, you know, I'm not one to pretty determine exactly what it is, but right, I liked it. Yeah, selling drama. I I kind of for I this one gets a little I think overshadowed 
by the next song that we'll be talking about and yeah. the biggest one on the album. Um, yeah, I agree. But you listen to it again and you're just like, oh, yeah, that was a good song. That was popular. I remember and I like that one. Yeah. So. Uh, so, yeah, so let's go on to the next one, which uh, I think was the one that really kicked off their, uh, not career, but that it was the one that got the 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 biggest notice. Mm-hmm. And and probably the reason that their other song, which I, I'm you know we'll talk about in a few mm-hmm. minutes, is which is probably why that one is the biggest, is because I alone did become such a, a fairly big hit yeah. for them. Uh, and as I said, is a song called "I Alone." I read to you here, save your eyes. You need them. Your boat is at sea. Anchor is out, you've been swept away And the greatest of teachers won't hesitate To leave you there I do like the uh, difference in texture you have at the beginning, mm-hmm. where it's very sort of subdued, um, almost acoustic sounding. Yeah, a lot of strumming on the guitar. It's obviously there's it's obviously they're using electric guitar, but you're getting some simple strumming, and it sounds more low key until they kick into the chorus, and Ed just kind of gives you his he goes full Ed. He does, and it's you get all that yeah. Motion, but power and anger again. I don't know why anger was such a thing that I got with this album, but I, I just I did feel it. I feel it was there. I mean, I like that back and forth that they do on this one exactly the way you put it. Uh, hit number thirty eight on the Billboard Hot one hundred. Um, you know, it's a great rocking song. I really like this mm-hmm. one. This is one of my go tos from live. Like it's you know it hits my uh, my playlists. Um, you know, my mid late nineties rock playlists and just uh, overall mm-hmm. just that really that really just some of my favorite stuff in music when I go back and listen to it. Um, so I kind of saw some people were saying that this song um, might be about like Satan and how he's tempting us. And it's, <laughs> but it's singing from Satan's point of view. It's like, I alone love you. I alone tempt you uh, that whatever. Um, I don't know. could be interesting, but I don't think that much when I'm watching, when I'm listening to this song, I don't really think I just, I just rock baby. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this is not the thinker song. This is just a good, you know, a good rock song for me. Well, it says on here that uh, Ed said that um, the theme of the lyrics are really more kind of abstract. Okay. Then I think people kind of give it credit for. Yeah, I mean, people humans like to put meaning in everything. You know, makes them mm-hmm. feel better. So. Uh, okay, let's move on to the next song, which is called Iris. Sometimes 
I do like the energy in this song. Yeah, exactly. He's not he's not bringing just that that's that intense yelling and angry that you kind of got with some parts of the eye alone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, his voice is working really well. Yeah, the, it's good energy. It's different. It's different than some of the other ones that we've heard already, and I, I do yeah. appreciate that. Uh, like as you said, um, he's not he's not kind of going full, um, you know, growly voice, mm-hmm. as it were. And, uh, maybe growl is not the right term, but he's he's giving us his uh, his full singing voice without the kind of punchy anger behind it. That we do, you know you oh. we mentioned you do kind of get on I alone and, and some of the other stuff here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, this was definitely one that I had forgotten about until I re-listened to it. And I was like, oh, I totally remember this song. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely from, you know, having just listened to the album through. And uh, I I enjoyed it. It's, it, you know, it's probably upper middle of the pack for me for the for the album. Okay. But uh, I, you know, I, can, I can listen through it. I could listen through it if I was doing the album, you know, all the way through without wanting to skip it. Yeah. And, and a similar, at least a similar... Um, thing where i kind of at first didn't really know what the song was and then then it kind of got into it's like okay yeah i do remember that from just overall listening to it um for me i still like it i absolutely still mm-hmm. like it but i, I kind of lean it towards lower of like the pack if i had to rank them uh, but okay. still that says boom what, what it says I, i'm enjoying it still that much all right uh let's go on to the next song which uh was probably their biggest most well-known hit and this is the one where i kind of remember the music video a little bit uh, and that was lightning crashes oh feeling coming back again like a I got to admit, Lightning Crash was never really my jam. Interesting. I mean, I really like this song. This hits on a lot of playlists for me, but I guess the only part that I took away um, that I'll kind of mention is it got overplayed. It did, and I, that's probably why. Yeah. It, it was it was all over the place, and even like still, like it got played for years and years until there was a period where I was just I – got, I got pretty low on it, I guess, so I, I understand, but overall – I mean, it is an emotional, beautiful song. It is. Um, and I kind of equate it to, kind of to me, was like the song The World I Know mm-hmm. by Collective Soul. Do you remember that one? Uh, I'd have to I'd have to re-listen to You'd it. You'd recognize it as soon as you heard it. It was kind of a, a ballady song from them, and it got so overplayed. I, I, I'm trying to think of it because my head, my head just goes to where the river flows down and on it. The world I know, but that's not. That's totally. That's their other song. <laughs> yeah. So that, I'm sorry. that wasn't even that wasn't even a single for them. No. That was just one from the album. That's no. an album that we're gonna have to do at some point because I wore the shit yeah. out of that album. <laughs> and it fits in. Real, I mean, it's very kind of similar style to live. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Okay. I'm sure. I'm sure. I if it, once the second I'd heard it, I'd I'd get back to it. Okay. Anyway, uh, okay. Uh, oh, anything uh, else you want to say about Lightning Crashes? Sh- sure. Uh, it did hit number twelve on the Billboard Hot 100, number one on the Billboard Rock Charts. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when you just listen to it, uh, you know, obviously uh, it's about kind of life and death and kind of rebirth even, you know, a new new mother cries and, you know, an old mm-hmm. woman dies, like that kind of thing. Maybe even about reincarnation. I don't know. Hard to say. It was definitely the first time I remember hearing the word placenta in a song. <laughs> Placenta falls to the floor. Um, As I yeah. say, they hold Ed, Ed holds nothing back in his lyrics. Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you ever think about having like you know those people that that dry up the placentas and eat them? Isn't that weird? Maybe it's not it is, weird. Maybe weird is the wrong thing. That's ignorant for me to say. It's it, it does seem a little strange. There's a lot of good food out there. I have no <laughs> desire for placenta. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's it seems to be some hippie stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Woo! I got my granola and placenta, you know, box. I'm good oh, to go. Ah, <laughs> no, pass. Ugh. But yeah, I, I I'm a I'm a fan. Lightning crashes. It kind of went from well, it's overplayed, and then I'm back I'm back on lightning crashes right now. Okay, I haven't quite gotten there yet. Okay. If you know if it if it uh, if it showed up somewhere where I couldn't change it, I wouldn't be mad about it. But like, I don't know. Like, I think I I really got wore out from the song. Okay, and I haven't quite gotten through that part yet, so I really just kind of pass over it. All right. And that's not to say it's not a good song. It is a great song. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, let's go to the next song, which is simply called Top. Helping me know what you are doing here In the name of God and love The distribution of fear Pyramid ceiling ones Panelists with fame I haven't got your degree I forgot your name Pick me up, put me on the ground Set me up, spin me all around No, you are not the one You are not the one No, sir this is another pretty good filler song for me. Yeah, it's like a it's like a nice little hidden gem in the album. Yeah, you know, it's not a single, and you know it it, it shouldn't have been a single because it's not right. it's not that standout. But you know they had what four or five singles? Yeah, five singles on the album, and this is one where you can kind of it keeps energy going. It's filler, but it's good filler. It's one where you're just like, yeah, I I, I find they they're keeping their quality high with this one. Yeah, yeah. So. And it kind of makes me makes me bop my head. Yeah, yeah. When I, the if on the ground, hit me up. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the way he sings the, yeah. the chorus. It, it kind of it all works together. Um, it's a it's a short little song. I think it's the shortest song on the album. Yeah, you're right. Um, but it works as like I said, it works as a good filler. Gets me from one song to the next mm-hmm. and doesn't make me want to skip. Yeah, absolutely. And let's go to the next song. Which uh, probably for me, if I rem- if I'm remembering this correctly, um, I think in the '90s this was my favorite song on the album. Okay, and it also had another uh, thing about the song, which I'll talk about later. And this is a song called "All Over You." I love you, like water, down in a beauty. All over you, all over me. The song, the 
it's a great song. Yeah. You know, I'm here's where I'd probably would say, and I'm just kind of realizing this. I didn't even put this down in my notes. Like I would say a lot of the styles and a lot of their songs are sounding kind of similar, just like with their, with their rock and their, they their definitely stuff. have a, a formula, but it, it kind of works for them. I'm not, I'm not mad about it. That's the thing. Yeah. Like maybe I just, maybe it's because I really resonate with this style of music that I don't care if some of these songs are very similar. Yeah. Um, at least just like with their bass, their bass sound to them. Um, but yeah, this is a this is a good one. Hit number thirty three on the Billboard Hot one hundred. Um, yeah, very recognizable, big song. You know, definitely, absolutely makes my rock, my nineties rock playlists that kind of yeah. thing. Um, yeah, I enjoy it. It's just another, God, it's just another quality. Like live, they bring it, man. And I kind of forget sometimes that live has so many good stuff, good songs yeah. to them. And they're they're definitely a band um, that I. Don't know why I haven't gone to see them in person yet, mm-hmm. um, but whenever you know big tours resume, and I'm sure as soon as as people start to do tours, it's gonna happen um, really fast. Like yeah. a bunch of people are gonna go on tour all at once. Like there's yes. gonna be an influx of really good shows yeah. in the next like hopefully year or two. I'm, I'm ready for this flood of like you know music and live events and just like just back to society. I'm ready for it, man. I am too. I, uh, the other thing I will say about this song is that when I was a teenager, this is the point in which I'd stop listening to the album. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't ever go beyond this song. Oh, okay. Interesting. I always just started back over. Usually it's selling the drama. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, although sometimes I would listen to the next song if solely for the title. Yeah. <laughs> And that was the song, Shit Town. All right, so actually there were two reasons. One was uh, for the title, and the other one was I had a, a buddy in high school named Brian Weaver who was a good friend of mine okay. uh, who was on the drum line with me. And for some reason, this so- the beginning of the song when he talks about the Weavers makes me think of him. And But overall, I was never a big, huge fan of the song, so I didn't I didn't listen to it all that often. Yeah, it's the, – the title obviously and the lyrics aren't very good. He's getting a little. He's. We're starting to get a little weird. Yeah, we're weird Ed in this Shit one. And we get weird Ed in a few other ones too. Yeah, you kind of. I mean, it's a little. You kind of want your music to be a little subtle, and that's this. There's just no subtlety on this on this yeah. song. It's yeah, a, it's a shit town. Um, but they also they added a little e at the end of town, so it's almost like a little classy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of weird. So yeah, it is. It is weird. It's, it's an old shit town, yeah. governor. <laughs> so. <laughs> I just I did that I did that poorly on purpose. Uh, okay, I, not to say I I kind of always had a soft spot for this song. I do not think it's you know listening to it now. I, I kind of like the just like the gotta live, gotta live in shit town. Um, but the other rest of the song, it is probably one of the lowest on the album for me. Kind of re-listening mm-hmm. to it now. Uh, so what I saw is that apparently this song is about their hometown of York, Pennsylvania, uh, and apparently like in like the late eighties. 
the band when they were apparently known as Public Affection. That was oh. their night before they changed their name to Live. Uh, they were allegedly booed off uh, the York Fair's stage during a Battle of the Bands event. Um, maybe maybe they held a grudge, um, or maybe they just hated their town in general. Uh, but that's what I saw that this uh, shit town is about, York, Pennsylvania. Um, I think they made up, uh, and they're okay with York now. But I don't know. Yeah, this is not. This is definitely not a clever song. It's definitely not. It's there's nothing special to it. But other yeah. than saying shit town is kind of funny for a kid. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's go to the next song, which I'm guessing they never titled because it's simply titled TBD, or I'm assuming To Be Determined. This is how I go out Almost kind of sounds like that. That uh, what is that? Adam Sandler. Yabba dabba huba tiba That's what I was getting at the end of that song. <laughs> um, I, I want to hear your thoughts on this song first, actually. So I don't remember really the song uh, when I was listening to it for this. Like a lot of the other mm-hmm. songs did come back to me. This one didn't. And for a long build, um, it has they're kind of whispering the lyrics, almost mumbling them. Yeah. And so I don't really remember. It just it just didn't click. Um, now they do eventually turn on that harder switch, and I like that. Uh, like right at the end, too. Yeah, yeah it's just like for like literally like the last like maybe twenty thirty seconds at most. Um, and so I kind of like that kind of changes, kind of you know, kind of come back to that first song, which I did like that slow build, and you did not. <laughs> so, uh, so I enjoyed this song just fine. It's not. Okay. This was again uh, probably another filler, probably very middle of the pack album. Um, and I do have. Um, an answer as to why it's called TBD, but I'll let you put in your thoughts first. I don't like the song <laughs> at all. Yeah, but I, I, I don't like the I don't like the the, the low mumble. Uh, you get the be like it was. I don't know. It 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 didn't do anything for me. I didn't like it. Okay, that's right. why I let you go first because I knew I yeah. didn't have much to say about yeah. it. <laughs> well, that has that again. Very. I mean, I do see similarities between this one and um, Damn, Damn It Otter Creek. Creek. Yeah. Uh, so, as for the name TBD, um, allegedly it's inspired by, there was a rumor that when Aldous Huxley, he was a writer, he actually wrote uh, Brave New World, if you okay. if you were forced to read that book in high school, I was. I wasn't, actually. Okay. I didn't actually read it. Uh, <laughs> Did you cliff notes it? <laughs> Probably. Or just, you know, cheated. Um, but apparently when Aldous Huxley was on his deathbed, uh, he was being fed LSD intravenously while his wife would read him the Tibetan Book of the Dead. So TBD stands for Tibetan Book of the Dead. Ah, uh, okay. That's that's the alleged inspiration for the song. And so okay. maybe while it's so crazy as well, and because it's 
with the LSD kind of thing, and also, you know, as you're kind of dying, you're kind of just kind of mumbling off to yourself. and See, the story now makes the song make more sense. Hey, okay, cool. It doesn't mean I like it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It just makes more sense. Mm -hmm. It's still a weird thing to sing about. Yeah. Or to make, I don't know, I didn't look up the words, so I don't really know what he's saying on a lot of that stuff. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next song, which is called Stage. I want to feel, I want to try, I want to rock in the city tonight. I want to feel, do it that. I want to bring my cabin hook into the night. People love seeing the day. Branching and waving this beauty away. We are by the same. Words are too feeble, they cannot contain. Um, I gotta say, I actually didn't look, care for this song either. Ugh, I like <laughs> I, this one. I, it just was a little, I don't know, it was a little too uh, weird and out there in the style for me. Well, it, to me, it brings it hard, it brings it fast, it brings it angry, and I liked all those things, and that was me as a as a kid, I think. Well, not really, I wasn't all that hard, that, that, that was, was plenty hard, um, but I, <laughs> I wasn't all that angry, actually. But I don't know, I... I, I I appreciated that style, and I liked uh, stuff. It helped get me into like hard rock and even further. Um, so I think it's a good one. I think it's oh. another absolute hidden gem for like for those people who like hard rock. This is a song that um, you would appreciate. I love when he says, "Come on, motherfucker!" He says, "Motherfucker, John." I know, I know. Uh, which I thought was a little weird, but I mean, it's not necessary. But you know, you, you latch mean, onto some of that stuff when you're younger. I was actually thinking about this after I listened to this song. So I have no problems with cursing in music. Uh-huh. But to me, the lyrics need to serve a purpose. Mm-hmm. And sometimes just weird cursing takes me out of a song. Like if it's there for no no apparent reason and doesn't serve the song anything. And another good example of that is the James Blunt song, Beautiful. There's a cursing? Beautiful? Yeah. When, he, when he's like, I think to myself that I was fucking high like it really served no purpose for the song okay just to be edgy just to be edgy so uh, like to me that was unnecessary maybe so plus i just didn't i just didn't i wasn't digging the song and we know my love of cursing is far outweighs your love of cursing so it does not bother me one bit (laughs) (laughs) i'm not against it it just if it doesn't serve a purpose why do it it's because i fucking want to who gives a shit (laughs) Uh. Anyway, let's move on. Tits, bitch. <laughs> Cock, balls. <laughs> All right, the next song is called Waitress. The song itself I thought was 
was finely crafted. Some of the lyrics took me out of this. <laughs> the lyrics. When you're saying, yeah, weird, strange, this one, this one's there. This kind of took me to that <laughs> spot of like, you listen to this like, seriously, is this song just about, are we going to leave some change for, as a tip for a waitress? <laughs> like, that's the fucking song. And and you you did you did kind of mention he does this kind of, you know, like, hey, just casually, like, eh, she was a bitch, but, you know, everyone deserves some change. It's like, those are the lyrics? Like, that's what you chose? <laughs> this song could have been taken out of the album completely. Yeah. No worries. Definitely like one of the, one of the straight. And they also, like, they have a couple, like, like, guitar solos where they're just, like, using the whammy bar way too much. And I'm just like, <laughs> get away from that whammy bar, guys. That does not really fit your style. Um, So this one, uh, yeah, definitely one of the lower ones. Like, the rest of it, if they just would have, yeah, crafted some of the other lyrics, I think, a little better, tell, told a better story than... Hey, she was a bitchy waitress, but she was fine. She was still a waitress. She got it. She brought us our food on time. Like that was like a legit lyric. I was like, yeah. you know, she brought us our food and she was a bitch, but she get she deserves some change. And it's like, okay, so yeah, maybe not the best crafted uh, lyricist, um, or at least for this not this not yeah no, not, this not for this one yeah. All right, let's move on to the next one, which is called Pillar of Davidson. I don't think I had a problem with this song. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't have a problem with it, but it was I am very. It was kind of middle of the road for me. Yeah, it's to me middle bottle bottom. Yeah, bottom middle. But I am starting to, when you said, uh, I, "I stopped it all over you," and then now just kind of actually talking with you again, I'm like, "Yeah, I can kind of see that." <laughs> Why you stopped it? <laughs> I mean, I don't dislike these, but right. also at the same time, like, yeah, the first half was definitely better. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, very slowed down. You get some kind of sad vibes from this song. At least I do. It's good. It's different, but it's it's yeah. It's not top shelf. Yeah, it does. It doesn't really go anywhere for me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. all right, we're gonna kind of blow by that one. Yeah, we're so uh, we're kind of we're kind of slowing down here on these last <laughs> on this second half, which of you it, so. can definitely see, as I said, why yeah. I stopped listening to it after all over yeah. you. But that might change with this next song, John, uh, which was released as a single. Which I was kind of surprised about. Uh, called White, comma, discussion. And if the final sunset rolls behind the earth, and the clock is finally dead. Um, I actually did find myself liking this song. Yeah, this is this is. Um, I wouldn't say it's definitely not my favorite, but it is on the upper 
you know, maybe like just after some of those couple of those uh, singles, this is yeah. probably kind of in that range for me. Yeah. I was kind of surprised that this one was released as a single. It doesn't seem like it should be. Yeah. Yeah. And it, but it hit number 71 on the Billboard Hot 100. Yeah. So. Um, and it, I mean, it was, it was fine. It's definitely, it's definitely out of all the singles that they had before this, I would definitely put this one at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I would kind of, I listened to it. I was like, you know what? I, I would listen to this one again. I would, yeah. you know, I would put this one in a, in a mix with, yeah. you know, other, if I, had, if I had a mix of, you know, my favorite live songs or something like that. So I would definitely put this one in there. I thought it was pretty decent. Yeah, it, it deserves to like be on those greatest hits, but you know, it's not one like they're. It's like a filler for the greatest hits, if you will. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's still good. It's still enjoyable. I definitely liked it better than a lot of these other on the second half. But um, yeah, I really like this kind of like the opening lyrics uh, are just kind of what was it like? You talk of revolution, and you just talk of the flag. You know, I, like it's yeah, it's kind of like some of these hypocrisy. I think with a lot of the things that. Um, People they talk but they don't do, and that's, that's kind of what mm-hmm. I was getting. With some of cool. It. So yeah, and that's the end of the album, or is it? Because this is the nineties. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> that is. That means we have a hidden track. Yeah. Uh, which on my album was simply called Untitled, but apparently it does have a title called Horse. Yeah. I'll pick you up and it'll be alright. I'll pick you up and it'll be tonight She rode a horse into my head She rode a horse into my head Now, I realize that this was done in a completely different style from the rest of the album. Yeah. Um, you get very kind of folky vibes. They have a slide guitar in there. There's some other stuff. I don't know why this one wasn't an official song. Take fucking Waitress out mm-hmm. and put this one in. I really enjoyed this, the hidden track. This is, yeah, I don't, I definitely, I don't love it, but I certainly don't hate it. I do appreciate it. And it's, yeah, it doesn't sound like anything else. And maybe that's why they put it just as a hidden song. Um, and that used to like kind of they're using like a slide for a slide guitar or something on there. It's, it's a it's um it's like one of those um oh the flat the flat the kind flat, of things yeah yeah uh that's good it is it is I agree I definitely appreciate this song it is better than waitress it's better than some of the other ones and mm-hmm. so I think it does probably make sense you could have because because waitress waitress is so weird save save that for the hidden track make that kind of a weird thing yeah um. But yeah, I agree. Horse Horse should have been on the album like officially and not just like this kind of throwaway hidden track. But yeah, it's solid. Solid song. Yep. Uh, and that actually brings us to the end of the album. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Adam, I'll let you go first and to your thoughts on Throwing Copper. Yeah. And just doing this discussion, you know, you do realize that the second half of the album has some of its issues. But overall, I enjoyed listening to it. I had my headphones on, and when they got hard, I was just rocking out to it. I was really enjoying it. And this album makes me want to go back to like just that time of some of my favorite songs from my some of my favorite albums. I want to mm-hmm. go back. I want to listen to Our Lady Peace. I want to listen to Collective Soul, Gin Blossom, Soul Asylum, Toe the Wet Sprocket, all those awesome like mid to late 90s 
alt rock. Like that is that's me, man. Yeah. Like that is me. And so I really, really had a good time listening to this one. Um, and I it, it, hopefully this has reinvigorated me to go back and, and just kind of re uh, refined um, or to, to rediscover some of my favorite bands from that era. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm super stoked about uh, us getting back into throwing copper. Uh, largely, I more or less pretty much agree with you. Um, I had fun going back and re-listening to these songs, finding a few sort of some of the hidden gems in this album, which I had forgotten about until I mm-hmm. listened to it again. Um, kind of, you know, like Iris and Top and some of the others, and even like Horse, which I actually really enjoyed more mm-hmm. than I thought I would. Good. Um, and I also remember, started to remember why I stopped listening to it about halfway through. <laughs> um, but that aside, a lot of hits on this album, a lot of singles that deserved to be singles. Mm-hmm. And I think a band that in the span of history probably needs to get more um, love than they probably have gotten. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know if nowadays people would consider them a one-hit wonder. Maybe they only remember Lightning Crashes, but to me, they were a pretty big band from the mid '90s. Yeah, and I remember hearing them all over the radio, and I really enjoyed this. And and you know what? If if you only like the hits, it's still worth it to go listen to give this album a listen for some of the good stuff that's in between. Absolutely agree. All right, and that was our review of the album "Throwing Copper" by Live. Please join us next time as we take you out west to break down the 1996 film Lone Star, discuss the Nickelodeon show Hey Dude, and recast Lone Star using actors of today. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at BlastPassCast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la.